This podcast is a part of the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. Hey, Seamus from Newhoff Media Lafayette, and this is Inside Our Towns, the podcast about the people and places that make our communities great. Season 2, Episode 2. Brought to you by Arconic Lafayette. If it flies or drives, we are on it. Arconic is the leader in the production of world-class aluminum products that transform the way we fly, drive, and build. Our guest uh, this month is uh, one of my one of my favorite people in the Lafayette and West Lafayette area. That is State Farm Agent Trent Johnson. I can't stop myself. Visit him online at trentismyagent.com. Trent, how you doing, buddy? Doing great. Thank you very much. Need now, you to stop by the office so we can get you to be our adorable visitor of the day. I know. I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm going to get on there one of these times, I'm telling you. <laughs> Would love it. Would love it. <laughs> Well, uh, we're not going to talk about insurance. No, nope, that's not what we're... We, maybe we'll do no, that in a, in a year from today. now. If I run out of guests, I'll have you back in and we'll talk about insurance. But we've been a lot of talk, especially this fall, about officiating and the lack of younger officials. And uh, I don't know if everyone knows this. You're more famous for being the most recognized insurance person probably in town. But you've done a lot of officiating over the years. So I guess let's talk about... What do you do now currently? How much officiating do you do? And uh, and then we'll go back to how you first got started. But what do you currently do for officiating? Yeah, for officiating currently, I am uh, still doing high school football. Uh, after uh, eight year sitting out of high school baseball, I got back in last year because of the shortage and I'm doing high school baseball again. So uh, those two are my main sports I'm working and uh, I am... Uh, president of our Western Indiana Officials Association football group. So I head up the football part of the uh, Western Officials Association. Now, I've, I've called baseball games before, much more difficult than any other sport. I've done, I did basketball, and I thought, I thought baseball was by far the most difficult one. Uh, I, I would say that in basketball. I, I will give you that. Those two are by far the toughest. The fans are so much closer uh, than football. Uh, they're a little more vocal. Everybody in Indiana thinks they're a basketball official. Well, they are, and uh, <laughs> everybody thinks they're a baseball umpire, and they're close. So you hear you hear everything. <laughs> Everything's a fifty-fifty ball. That's Everything right. That's is a fifty-fifty right. ball. <laughs> That's right. All right, so let's go back a ways. Now, where where are you from originally? Are you from Lafayette? Yes, I'm from Lafayette. Went to Lafayette uh, or West Lafayette Harrison High School. Graduated in 1984. Very nice. And uh, wh- when did you know that you wanted to start getting into officiating? Did you do that in high school, or was it a little bit later in life? Well, I've always been a sports fan. And, You're a huge uh, sports fan. I was fan. a little guy in high school, so I believe it or not, I never played any sports in high school. Okay. Uh, uh, got to Purdue my freshman year, and uh, Paul Snyder, who was the golf coach at the time at Purdue, uh, taught a basketball officiating class. It was a nine-week class, met at the Co-Rec, and was um, for half a credit. <laughs> so I took that class and uh, refereed a lot of ball games at the Co-Rec, became friends with um, Paul and a guy that had helped him teach that class by the name of Steve Laughlin. And after the basketball officiating class was over, he said, you know what, you got to do these other sports. I'll help you. So I said, oh, I'd like to do basketball. So I got my basketball license with his help. And um, I said, well, okay, might as well get my football license. So I think this will be my 38th year 
of officiating high school football consecutively. Wow. And uh, believe it or not, the first football game I ever worked was a Friday night varsity game at one of the Newton County high schools. So Okay. That's how I got into it and been doing uh, football ever since. Got out of basketball, I don't know, probably 10 years ago. Okay. And uh, I had worked some small college women's basketball. I was working college baseball and uh, high school football. And then I became a state farm agent and I was a dad, just two small kids and boy, something's got to give. So I gave up the college baseball officiating and college basketball officiating and just concentrated on the high school end. I've always wondered, what's the mentality? I mean, how do you not get emotional while you're refereeing a game or umping a game? You know, because that was one of the issues why I didn't get into it is when people are yelling at me, I have a tendency to yell back. And that isn't right. really good. I'm, no, I mean, I'll go after you. So right. we had a few right. instances in my hometown of Butte, Montana, and they asked me not to come back. But, uh, you know, that was my biggest issue was I could not shut off the noise while I was right. trying to call a game. So how do you how do you teach someone or what is it in you, do you think, that, that let, lets you able to keep doing the job while people are just on you the whole time? Well, you just have to. I mean, you just have to. If, you know, you got to concentrate and block that noise out. You know, if you're listening to them, you're not doing a fair job to the kids on the floor or the field. And um, you, you just have to block that out. Otherwise, uh, you're going to miss some things and dig yourself a, a bigger hole, if you will. Do you have any memorable fan interactions that you're willing to talk about on the podcast now that Statue of Limitations have expired? That's right. <laughs> not really. I mean, you know, I, I guess, you know, uh, I am pretty visible being a State Farm agent, and I don't mind when people holler, you know, hey, ref, or hey, you, but when they start using my first name, that bothers me a bit, I guess. <laughs> Trip, that's awful, you know what I you know. but if it's hey, ref, you know, then that's okay, but I understand that. You know, I've been around a long time, done it a long time, and at this point in my career, I'm doing, um, like, second generation, you know, oh, I sure. had their dad, and now I'm doing their son, and... Um, so it's all good. It's all good. Really no horror stories. You know, we haven't been chased off the field too bad and uh, football, like I said, the fans are quite a ways away, so that's never a problem. And, you know, I don't mind a little interaction with the fans on occasion, you know, at a baseball game between innings, Sure. you know, give them a hard time or whatever, give it, not really give it back to them, but go say something to them, you know, Hey, we're, we're looking for officials, you know? Yeah. Or you got the best seat in the house sitting up here. I don't disagree. You can see it a lot better from up here. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. So what about uh, no one's ever yelled out, I'm going to cancel my policy or anything no, like that? No, I haven't heard that one yet. You're kidding hope, me. Oh, I my gosh. I don't get that one. No, I'm going to show that. up at one of your games and yell it just so you got it in the repertoire because that's just funny. That's right. <laughs> that would hurt. That would hurt. That would hurt? Oh, yeah. Okay. Um. All right, so how about uh, now you've you said you've done a lot of stuff. You've also been on the chain game before, so you've been I mean, yeah. I saw you I, I didn't realize how much you were into it until I actually saw you on TV at uh, right. it was either on TV or I was on the sideline 
um, for a Big Ten game or something. But I was like, now how how many Purdue football games have you been on the chain game for? I, this is probably I've lost track, but I think this is probably year fifteen for me on the chain gang. Wow! Um, when I tell you I love football, um, let me tell you about a typical week, especially not so much now, but you know, growing up and um, I was working a lot of football. Um, you know, Friday nights our varsity game. Saturday, if Purdue's at home, I'm on the chain gang. I'm a Colts season ticket holder, so if the Colts are home, my wife and I go to Colts game. Wow. Monday night's a JV night. Tuesday night would be um, watch film of our game from Friday, go through that, see, you know, with my crew what we missed, what we could do better on. Wednesday nights are our Western Indiana Officials Association meetings where we have in guest speakers, go over uh, rules, Make sure our interpretations uh, from crew to crew are all the same. We're going to do things consistently from week to week. Thursday night then would be a junior high game, 7th and 8th grade. And then we're back to Friday. So that's typically not so much anymore because I don't do a lot of – if I do a Monday, I don't do a Thursday. Or if I do a Thursday, I don't do a Monday. Uh, But I still – you know, three, four nights a week in the fall are still devoted to football officiating in one way or the other. This is Inside Our Towns, the podcast brought to you by Arconic. If it flies or drives, we are on it. And we're talking with State Farm agent Trent Johnson. Man, that is a lot of dedication. So let me ask you this. So the season comes to an end. Are you relieved? Right. Are you relieved for a little bit? Or, you, or how long before you're like, man, I wish I had a game to call? No, it, it takes a bit. Okay. You know, so the goal is like every high school team that starts working out in the in the summer, you know, our goal is to work that Friday or Saturday game after Thanksgiving. So 16, 16 weeks. And uh, last year we got to a regional as a crew and we were done. And that next Friday was a little disappointing as you weren't packing your bag or meeting the guys to hop in the van to go to a, playoff game somewhere in the state. So, it, you know, it takes two or three weeks to get over that. But, um, and then, you know, we're already in the rule book now uh, mm-hmm. for next year, studying and talking plays and what if this and what if that. I have a group of guys I text with, and one of them, uh, unfortunately, the late Dr. Clark, who did a lot for high school football in the state of Indiana just passed away and Mm. he was a real driver of, of our group and our Western Indiana football officials association group. But, um, you know, we're still talking football even now. Well, it's a hot topic. I'm going to get your take on it. What do you think of the overtime rules for the NFL? I don't like it. I do not like it one bit. I think both teams should have a chance. Uh, you know, I, I know the Bills, all they had to do was stop them in 13 seconds to win that game, but they didn't. But I still think they should have got a shot to to answer Kansas City's touchdown. So, Well, and then the following week, Kansas City gets burnt on it. Not, I mean, yes. they still won it. If they'd have won two of those in a row, there would have been a massive uproar. <laughs> a, yes, I agree. But, I don't know if the answer is to go to the, you know, the college rule where you put the ball in the 25 and each team gets a shot, or it doesn't matter who wins the coin toss, each 
each team gets a chance with the ball no matter what happens. But well, Let me ask you this. How many college overtime games have you watched and been like, man, that wasn't fair? None. Exactly. So it is yeah, the answer. Right. Because you, don't, you never leave a college overtime game thinking, boy, those overtime rules are terrible because, they, because they aren't. And it is right. a, and Every, the, both teams had their chance. Yeah, the NFL. I don't understand it, but you know, let's, just put another fifteen minutes on the clock and play another quarter. Sure, we could do that too. Right, because that would we, answer it. Some of those games uh, a couple of weeks ago, none of us were ready for them to end. No, I that mean, weekend my. was crazy. Yeah, that was that was as good as it gets. It'll never get better. Could, right. can't. I, it just can't. You and I have watched a lot of football. I'm not <laughs> sure if there was a better football weekend than that one. Okay, so you talked about your crew. So let's uh, talk about your crew and and you guys. You guys like when you get a crew together, you guys are together for for the season. Is that correct? Oh, we're together. I mean, it's like we're married almost. So <laughs> uh, Dave Mecklenburg, I'm the white hat, so I'm the referee on our crew. Uh, Dave Mecklenburg is my umpire. Mike Dubois is is my line judge. Uh, Tony Gregg is my head linesman. And uh, two years ago, my son Cody joined our crew when Jim Marshall retired, um, and he's our back judge. So it's so much fun to be able to officiate with my son on Friday nights. He's working small college football now. So, um, But my crew, you know, like I said, Jim just retired a couple years ago. We'd probably been together 25 years. Wow. You know, we were fortunate enough to work um, three state championships together. Uh, 2007, 2013, and 2017. So, you know, when you start officiating, you always hope to do one. Now that you've done one, you always want another one. <laughs> and now that I've done three, I, you know, before I go, I'd like, I just say, you know, I'd like one more, just one more. So, so when you're watching, so you're doing a state championship, and right. it's a it's a great game. As a, how much different is it officiating it than watching it from the stands? I mean, can you appreciate the plays, the um, unbelievable plays, as much, or are you so focused on everything that's happening? Do you have to go back and watch it to truly appreciate the game? I, I actually I do I do watch it again after, but okay. um, you know. Leading up to it, I'm a bundle of nerves. You know, it's at Lucas Oil Stadium. Um, there are a ton of people there. Obviously, there's a ton of fellow officials that go to those or in the audience. They're your biggest uh, critiques. Um, we also have observers there that are uh, throughout the season. They come watch you on a Friday night and observe you and give you what you could do better and how to improve on things. So there's probably 15 observers there. So I'm a bundle of nerves till we kick off. And then once we kick off, it's just instinct. And, you know, it just takes over and you have time to think about it. You just do what you do. But yeah, our last state championship game was a 15 to 14 game Mm. with the, I think the team that won scored in the last two minutes and then went for two to win it 15 to 14 and no, you can you can appreciate that as the game's going on. Absolutely, great plays, great hits. Um, you know, just like um, not necessarily in the state championship game, but any football game. You know, coaches are on us about this, that, or the other, and you're thinking to yourself, well, why'd they call that or why'd they do that? You know, so it works both ways a little bit when it comes to 
critique, I, I guess, you know, we don't say anything out loud, but we'll get to the locker room and wonder why a coach did this, that, or the other. But, well, but I we think, have a ball. Well, well, wait we a, a second. Ball. I think if they're going to give you advice, you should be able to give the advice right back. I would think so, Said, too. Well, if you hadn't That's... punted the ball at the end of the fourth right. quarter, you moron, and you got, you punter <laughs> right. squibs it out of bounds, you guys wouldn't have been up by, what are you doing? <laughs> right. If you hadn't ran it, if you'd have thrown it, that guy was wide open. And Yeah, no. Yeah, you'd like to do that, but obviously, no, you can't. But so, you'd like to. You'd like to. What is the relationship between you and the coaches? Because the coaches – are on you the whole time. I mean, it's never, I mean, it doesn't stop sometimes during right. the entire no. football game. I mean, they're, they're hot. As soon as the ball gets kicked, they're yelling at somebody. If it, you right. know, inside our towns, the podcast brought to you by Arconic. If it flies or drives, we are on it. So how do you like, what's the relationship after that? Do you know these coaches after oh, doing absolutely. all this? It's, once the game's over, we're friends. Okay. Sure. I mean, it, there, you know, there's some coaches I'm sure don't, care for me or my crew for one reason or another or on the field or off the field, but I would like to think most of them off the field would say, hey, they're pretty good guys. And, and no, we have meetings and invite our coaches to with our group of officials and go over new rules and plays with them. And during the season, you know, I've got coaches calling me and say, hey, this happened on Friday night. Was this right or that right? And so, no, it's great, but, you know, once that ball goes up, everybody wants to win. Sure. And um, when things go bad, it's our fault. We're okay with that. Man, you got a lot of patience, man. I don't know. <laughs> it's all good. You know, after 38 years, I would like to say I'm probably a little calmer than what I was when I first started or, you know, like in my 30s after I'd done it a while and was this cocky kid that knew everything, but not anymore. You know, I just. My relationship with coaches and officials is fantastic. So you've done the chain game for a lot of Purdue games, lots and lots of Purdue games. Right, right. Um, what's your favorite? Uh, what's your favorite coach? Now, when you're on the chain game, you get both sides of it, right? No, you guys just stay on the opposite well, side. Yeah, I got a new job on the chain gang about five years ago, and I'd like to think it's it's the best job on the chain gang. So I get to switch sides now. Okay. My job on the chain gang on Saturdays is I am the um, officials penalty recorder. Okay. All right. So I'm on the home side the first half. I stay with the same referees, the same, because they switch at halftime. They switch sides, unlike high school. So I'm on the home side the first half. Whenever they throw a penalty, it's my job to record um, the time and quarter of the penalty who the penalty was on, what the penalty was, the number of the person that committed the penalty, what referees, what position of the official threw it, and was it accepted, declined, and um, I think that's it. So okay. I record all that whenever a flag. So otherwise, I'm just watching the game. If there's a lot of flags, I'm super busy. If there's very few flags, um, not so much. So, and I've gotten to know those Big Ten guys um, fairly well, and they're, they're good dudes too. And you talked about putting a lot of time in. Yeah. Holy mackerel, they put a lot of time in. So you're on the Purdue sideline, and and you get to hear a lot of what Jeff Brom has to say. Luckily, us in the stands, and uh, we don't get to hear it. He's pretty. He does he work the rest pretty good. Oh yeah, they all do. Both yeah. sides. Yes, both sides. They work. Yes. 
are it's in- fantastic. And, <laughs> you know, it's um, it, it's fun because it, it's not any different than what we hear on Friday night. That's where they learn it. Uh, who's That's it? Right. Uh, Opposing right. coaches, who's your favorite coach to listen to uh, from in the Big Ten, opposing coach? I will tell you that um, none better than, than Northwestern's head coach. Okay. He, he comes out before the game, shakes our hand as a chain crew, tells us, I know you guys have better things to do on a Saturday, and I appreciate you being out here doing this. Really? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. That's pretty he cool. Good, he is a good dude. So you talked about this. Uh, the, you're the president. What's the name of the uh, group yeah, that you're the, the Western, president? Western Indiana Officials Association. Okay. And you guys meet. Do you guys meet year-round then? Uh, no. We'll start meeting. You know, COVID changed things a little bit for us. So we would meet used to um, August uh, through about October every other Wednesday um, when COVID hit. Um, I was able to line up some pretty cool officials through Zoom, so we'd meet in July. Sometimes we'd go every Wednesday at 9 o'clock. I'd get Big Ten guys. I had, um, for me, this was a big get for me, Gene Sterator, who was a Super Bowl official, spoke to our group for about an hour and a half one night. That wow. was just pure, oh, it was amazing. Comedy, his stories were amazing. <laughs> and... Um, We've had some Big Ten guys that are now in the NFL, uh, one of which is going to be working the Super Bowl um, this coming or next Sunday or Super Bowl Sunday, and um, just great people. I texted him and congratulated him, and he sent me a text back saying, I can't believe it, pinch myself, you know, type thing. So that's really cool. So. Now we talk about the next generation. So we have to find right. some more Trent Johnson. So what is it? You know, we, we've had a, a lack of crews. Um, they've been having some issues trying to get enough people to cover all the games and all that kind of stuff. They've been talking about maybe having next year to move some games to, you know, Thursday night so that the got enough crews going. So what are we what are you guys doing as an organization to recruit that next generation of official and um, and if someone is interested, what can they do to reach out and get, and get started? Right, right. So the IHSA is um, really the driver behind this, but obviously the IHSA, we need officials here locally in any sport. So I, w- I will tell you, football is at a real critical stage. Like you said, the Friday night games are going to be moved to um, Thursday, Friday, or Saturday because there's just not enough crews to cover them. Um, Baseball is at a real critical shortage as well. Um, you know, JV games are now being worked with one umpire, which is no fun at all. Um, games are being canceled because they don't have any game, any umpires at all. Um, it, it's we're just it's tough. And the IHSA has laid out a plan um, to get people a free license. So that's a fifty dollar application fee that the IHSA is going to waive that first year. You can get licensed in up to three sports. So, and the IHSA has 20 different sports. So, if it's volleyball or wrestling or softball, baseball, football. And we have guys and gals in our local association that will help you pass the open book test. you got to get 75% out of 100 uh, on an open book test, but we'll help you get through that. You'll be assigned a mentor to help you... Um, 
order equipment, what you need, what you don't need, and how you go about getting games so we can get you up and moving as quickly as possible. And where That's do, all being done now. And where where can they start? Like, where's the best place for them to start? Is it to go to yeah. IHSA website? Yeah, no, reach out to me. Okay. Um, I guess the best way to reach me is at my email, Trent at TrentIsMyAgent.com. And uh, tell me what sport you want to be uh, licensed in, and I'll get that to our appropriate person. If it's football, that's me. If it's baseball, basketball, softball, there's other people in the Western Indiana Officials Association that will help you do that. And uh, we'll get you up and going and get you on the field as quickly as possible because we sure need folks. And, you know, we're looking for uh, not only kids that have played, um, maybe their high school career is now over, but we're also looking for those moms or dads who used to chasing their son or daughter all games and now the son or daughter has graduated from high school and no longer play, and then they miss being around the game. It's we'll best, take those folks, too. I mean. Best seats in the house. Best seat in the house. <laughs> and, you know, to give you an example, my football crew accepted our first football game in 2027. Wow. Uh, last week. So, you know, we're booking out five, six years. Um I hope I'm around to still be doing it then, but that's, you know, there's such a need and ADs are wanting to grab folks and get you on their books. Um, if they know you're available and, and have you come out and work. So how about the what, most memorable game you've ever officiated? Can you pick one? Probably the first semi-state game I ever worked was at Jimtown against Rensselaer and Chris Meeks, who's a good friend of mine, is the coach at um, Rensselaer. He scores late, calls a timeout. The place is packed. It's like 30 degrees. <laughs> place is packed. It's semi-state, winter going to the state. And um, he calls timeout, walks past me, says, we're going to win or to lose it right here. We're going for two. And he went for two and got cut short. And um, just a phenomenal Phenomenal atmosphere, experience, um, and of course the three state finals. All those rank right up there as well. But uh, that was probably the most exciting football game I've been part of. It's State Farm Agent Trent Johnson. If you're interested in becoming, uh, getting into officiating, Trent at TrentIsMyAgent.com. And I want to thank you so much. It's been awesome. Learned so you, much Shane. about officiating. Appreciate I'm it. So glad I got out of it after I almost got in a fight at the uh, in Butte hey, we'll at a baseball you. We'll game. We'll get you back in it. It's easy. <laughs> I'm still pretty fiery, brother. I don't That's know all I... right. We'll take you. We'll cool you down a little bit. We'll calm you down. <laughs> all right. Trent, you have a great day. I appreciate you, you very thanks. much. Have, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you, Seamus. <laughs> okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. For more, visit newhoffmedia.com.